1: Find us on Twitter at SuperFlexShow and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, SuperFlex, on the SuperFlex Super Show.
0: You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season.
1: Welcome in to the Week 3 edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler, with me Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Fellas, it's Week 3. That means we're, I guess, a quarter of the way through the regular season, give or take, for, for... The fantasy season that is, Ryan. How's Week Three treating you?
0: Week Three has been a rough one uh, for me personally, but um, I'm just (laughs) trying to think big picture. I'm I'm glad we have even made it to Week Three, and and the season looks like it's it's rolling right along. I think we have uh, high hopes for a full season at this point. So. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm glad you've come around, Ryan, for sure. The takeaway for me, Matt, has been that week three, and it's not over, of course, we're re recording on uh on Sunday evening. So so we got a couple games yet to go. Not quite as many injuries as week two brought us, so it hasn't been quite as painful that way. Not quite, but uh a lot of guys still out for,
2: for a lot of the top guys still out this week, hurting our teams this week. Uh, but luckily, we've we've sustained uh, and kind of treaded water in that department, and haven't really sustained more except for uh, a couple of minor guys that we'll talk about.
1: Yeah, there are there are a couple things we don't want to overlook the few injuries that did happen, uh, but we'll get to those as we move along in the program. We are gonna keep rolling on with the most important thing from every single game that we watched over the the weekend and we never forget about that Thursday night game of course uh so let's start there the dolphins took care of the jaguars 31 to 13 it wasn't all that entertaining unless you're a big Ryan Fitzpatrick fan he looked awfully good 18 for 20 160 yards and those two touchdown passes uh also added 38 Rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. He was pretty much the show for the Dolphins. Uh, Miles Gaskin touched the ball a whole lot, but wasn't all that efficient with it. Minshew didn't look nearly as good as he has in recent weeks, fellows. And then James Robinson, I think if there's a fantasy takeaway, it's probably him. 11 carries, 46 yards, and two scores. Also caught six passes. So in those PPR leagues, he really came through. For 83 yards guys I wanted to talk about Robinson and touch on him as a long-term asset Ryan how how convinced are you that you you'll be thinking about James Robinson a year from today as as a dynasty asset
0: I'm still not sold but uh, I, I think a lot of people are and and uh, of course the more weeks that go along the more games that he produces obviously the more uh, the more attention we have to pay and, and the, the more his value goes up I'm looking at the DLF Trade Finder, and there are many people uh, out there giving up a first rounder for James Robinson already. James Robinson for Keenan Allen, James Robinson for Lamar Jackson really uh, caught my eye as a as a surprising trade that's that's gone down. So uh, I'm not I'm not ready to buy uh, long term on James Robinson yet. But you have to think that he's going to help you at least this year, and and with as many running back injuries as we've seen, and and some disappointing performances from others, that has to that has to mean something.
1: Yeah, it certainly does. If if I'm a James Robinson owner, if, of course you got to look at that roster and look at your team compared to the rest of the league where you stack up in the standings and what you project going forward. But even if you're a middle-of-the-road team, maybe even if you're a contender and you get some of those offers that you talk about potentially getting that first-round pick for James Robinson, who you paid absolutely nothing to get on your roster, you got to look long and hard at that offer I'm accepting in pretty much every single league if if I can get a first for Robinson.
2: Yeah, absolutely if you can get a first. But, you know, I think there's some – I think I would need a first, though, at this point. I don't know if I would trade it for a second if I'm on a contending team. Uh, someone on Twitter said recently, you know, the sign of a, a league winner is a is a is a yeah. player that can Just still stick. produce a lot of points for us okay. even on a bad losing team, and and Robinson has done that so far. So uh, you know, you got Devin Zigbo and and Raquel Armstead, uh, you know, huh. supposedly coming back at some point, but it seems like he's done enough to to keep that job, uh, you know, at least the bulk of the carry. So I'm I'm pretty optimistic. I, I, I would absolutely sell for a first and those other trades that you you gave us there, Ryan. But, you know, I'm not just going to let him go for for nothing at this point.
1: Yeah, we can't give him away. That's for sure. His value is definitely somewhere between that first and second round. Uh, I'm probably with you on that one, Matt. If it comes down to you're only getting that second round offer, unless you're truly uh, in the basement and you're not going to do anything in 2020, you might might move him for that. Otherwise, uh, maybe just take the points because he's been He's been putting them on the scoreboard. Let's move on to the Chicago Bears and the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons had another problem in week three. They they struggled in the fourth quarter. Once again, Bears 30, Falcons 26. Allen Robinson put on a show. So all the A-Rob fans out there are excited about that production. 10 catches, 123 yards, and a touch in, touchdown. Calvin Ridley on the other side, 5 for 110. He was impressive once again. So you know coming away from this game first of all is if you're a football fan man the falcons just can't finish it's it's rough but it does create fantasy points for all of us as fantasy owners in these matchups Matt, uh, what's your takeaway from this game or, or these two teams in general?
2: You know, I, I, I'm taking away from this game somebody who wasn't in the game, and that's Julio Jones. You know, he out missed this game with a hamstring in, injury, and he'll certainly be back at some point. But we know how these hamstring injuries linger. He's 31 years old and still has some name value and trade. So you're not going to get maybe as much as you could have in uh, the offseason for him, but it might be time to consider getting out now anyway. There's some interesting trades on the Trade Finder again. Just four days ago, Julio went for Austin Eckler, a 2021 first and a 2021 third. Uh, Preston Williams and Leonard Fournette, it's not that exciting, but you're buying back some years like Ryan talks about. Uh, and then, you know, there's multiple things in here, for multiple offers in here, multiple completed trades in here for Julio for a, for a first-round pick next year. So, if if you are you're not really counting on him right now, even if you're a contender, it's hard to say that you're counting on him based on what he's done so far this year and now with his hamstring injury and going to be 32 next year it might be time to go ahead and and, and use this opportunity to get out while you can
1: so what line what what price point are you moving on in those situations i think now? i think
2: almost any first i'm ready to to get out on brian you concur
0: uh i definitely like the idea of selling julio before the end of the season i don't think we have to sell low at this point uh, obviously a, s- a slow start with the drop touchdown last week and the, and then not even playing this week, he's still going to have big games. He's going to have that, that 10, 180 yard game, probably no touchdowns because we're still talking Julio, (laughs) but uh, I think, you know, I, I think you're still going to be able to get a nice haul. I mean, if I can get Eckler in a first, as Matt mentioned, that's, that's a nice haul. I'd take that right now, but I don't, I wouldn't be selling low yet. Yeah, yeah. Let's not force it. Is I think
1: what you're yeah, trying to say yeah. there, Ryan. We we don't necessarily have to force it. Uh, but I can I can t- completely understand, Matt, your your concern there. Uh, the, those injuries when you're in your 30s, those uh, those do tend to linger a little bit a little bit longer, even for guys like Julio Jones. The other news out of this one, Ryan, the the Tariq Cohen injury, rumored to be an ACL. What are the takeaways from this? In that uh, Chicago backfield?
0: Well, sadly, uh, if you have Cohen on your roster, you probably won't even notice the difference because he just was not being used hardly at all, certainly was not uh, worthy of uh, being in, in fantasy lineups through the first couple of weeks. I, I guess it's it has to be good news for uh, David Montgomery. He's, he's got nine targets through three games. He had 35 all of last year, so he's, he's uh, definitely on pace to see a, a nice spike there. I mean, there was talk in, in the preseason that maybe we see Corderell Patterson with some backfield snaps. So may, maybe that's the plan again. But like Matt has said about some of these other guys, I don't know if that's that exciting. Uh, other than Allen Robinson, I'll probably continue to stay away from the, the Bears offense overall.
1: You're not you're not interested in Jimmy Graham six for sixty and two touchdowns coming coming to life once again. This is ridiculous. I mean, he's going to get red zone. <laughs> Where was looks, this though. Jimmy
2: Graham for the Packers? That's all I want to know.
1: Hey Matt, you've been saying for so long that the Packers don't use the tight end. Maybe <laughs> That's it's true. Seriously, I mean, look at look at
2: Jay Sternberger.
1: Oh, man. We'll see if any of these guys turn out for the Packers. The other news quickly from the Bears and Falcons. Todd Gurley did fall into the end zone 14 for 80 in a score. So if you're hanging on to, to anything with Gurley, uh, maybe this is like Julio. It's time, time to cash in if there's any value out there for him. Uh, let's move on to the Bills and the Rams. Entertaining game. The referees won this one for the Bills. Uh, the Bills come out on top <laughs> 35 to 32. That P.I. call at the end was trash. I completely agree. All of us is just not a fan. it was it was full of uh, fantasy points though. Uh, Josh Allen put on another show with four touchdowns. Uh, Stefan Diggs just got away with that touchdown uh, that that got you through as a fantasy owner. Uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods both scored. It was it was pretty good all the way around. Even Daryl Henderson had a nice game. Uh, Ryan, watching this game, what what jumped off to you between the Bills and the Rams?
0: Well, we had the, we had the Josh Allen conversation last week, and uh, I would say it's, it's basically a repeat of that, trying to find a way of how we can work him, uh, higher in the rankings, but, uh, there's so many other great quarterbacks right now. So we won't, we don't have to get into that again. Gabriel Davis, the, the rookie receiver for the bills really impressed me, especially in the first half. Uh, I know John Brown went down with an injury, didn't, uh, didn't catch a ball at all. And, and Davis kind of picked up the slack. So Uh, as much as the bills are are throwing the ball and and really as explosive as their offense has been through these first three games, it's becoming one of those teams. Like we talk about with the the chiefs or the Ravens or the Rams or, or, you know, the Cowboys that we just want pieces of that offense. And uh, I didn't think this is where we would be this year with this team, but, uh, but that's, that's what it's become. So Davis is a guy who might still be on, on the waiver wire in uh, shallower dynasty leagues and certainly should be scooped up this week if, uh, if that's the case.
1: Yeah, he he made a little bit of noise in the preseason or or I guess in training camp there was no preseason. One of them guys that maybe if there was a preseason he would have got those opportunities. You'd have seen him on Sports Center and thought, ah, that's a guy I'll grab at the end of the third round or into the fourth round of my rookie draft. He slid through a lot of rookie drafts and might be on that on that waiver wire. Matt, how about you? What about these running backs throughout this game? Something something that grabs your attention there?
2: Yeah, uh Darrell Henderson. You know, 20 carries, uh, 20 20 carries today, uh, 114 yards and a touchdown. Caught a few targets. Clearly, the the guy right now. We're still waiting for Cam Akers to return from this this rib injury but even when he's back it's, it seems like it's going to be hard to put Henderson you know completely back in the bottle so to speak he Malcolm Brown was back and healthy today and and got seven carries himself but it seems like Henderson is making the most of his opportunities and you know if you bought low this offseason maybe it is actually going to pay off here I'm not sure he's a guy that I would necessarily look to sell like uh some of these other guys were talking about that maybe broke out today uh but uh it's looking pretty good for Henderson I think despite the loss against the Bills today
1: so a little bit of a change of course for you, yeah. Matt. I think last week we talked about it and we were tinkering. We were on the brink of maybe selling Henderson. He, he sold you with that uh, that burst that he had, particularly on a couple of those inside the 20 runs where it didn't look like he had a whole lot going for him and he made plays. Two weeks
2: in a row against two good defenses and Cam Akers still isn't back. So, I mean, I think it's his job for now.
1: How about on the other side, Matt? What do you think of Singletary? He got a little bit of a bump in opportunity on Sunday. 13 carries, 71 yards, also caught those four passes. What are you doing with him if he's on your roster? I, th-
2: I think it I – th- I mean, I, I guess I, – I feel like I, all I do is dump hatred on Devil Se- Devin Singletary on this show. But if I still have any, I think it might be an opportunity to, to sell. Zach Moss missed this game. Zach Moss was getting 45% of the snaps prior to him going out over the first two, two games. So this is a nice little – little game for for Singletary right but but Zach Moss is coming back there's some again some interesting trades uh it went for J- Justin Jefferson on the trade final that's probably not happening after today's game uh second multiple places a, la- a late first a few different places so it seems like it's it's an opportunity to get out if you if you wanted to if you're afraid of Zach Moss coming back I guess the the to play devil's advocate there this this like we were just Finish talking about the Buffalo offense looks really good so you're going to want players from from good offenses so maybe that's a reason to keep him I just I just I'm just a little bit afraid of of Zach Moss and what he's going to do to his his touch share
1: yeah we'll see how that plays out once Moss is back in that backfield and and if things continue to go like they were while Moss was healthy, where it looked like that kind of split where you weren't quite sure what kind of workload each of them were going to go. We'll see how that plays out moving forward. Washington and the Browns battled each other. Cleveland came out on top 34 to 20. Uh, Nick Chubb, really big game, came through for dynasty owners. Everywhere 19 carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns, also caught one pass. And then Kareem Hunt. Man, that backfield's good. 16 carries for just 46, but caught two for 18 yards. And that score, he looks like a wide receiver at times, guys. That backfield is fun to watch. Uh, they can they can certainly make plays. On the other side, though, that seems to be where the biggest thing is, Ryan. Um, it's with that quarterback in Washington. He's... he's uh, He's not coming through to help out with all these. We we might not be all that concerned about Dwayne Haskins who threw 3 interceptions. We're not exactly putting him in our lineups but we need him to be able to get the ball to some of these playmakers in Washington.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He comes into the week with back-to-back QB 27 games in the first two weeks. And he really is just bringing the entire offense down. And and there's not a ton, unfortunately on that team that dynasty players should really care about. But uh, we obviously like Terry McLaurin, top 10 wide receiver potential with him. There's Antonio Gibson and, and Logan Thomas who are potential breakout guys this year and Haskins is just dragging them down with his, with his terrible performances week after week, really. So it's, it's just frustrating to watch it uh, play out. They've got Kyle Allen, I believe behind him would not be surprised if we saw him soon. And then, uh, Alex Smith is of course still on the roster and, and who really knows if he's game ready, I would imagine he's not, but, uh, what a story that would be! Um, yeah, it's just it's just frustrating. I I can't imagine that that this team has Haskins as their starter going into into next year.
1: Yeah, you mentioned how maddening it is for for McLaurin owners. He had multiple opportunities in the end zone, had a step on the defender, and just a wide throw or an overthrow. And those opportunities, if they turn into touchdowns, of course, on the one, I think on the next play, he hits Dontrell Inman, which helped about five dynasty owners out there, in uh, only really deep leagues, uh, who got the two touchdowns. It, w- it was just rough. There is, you mentioned Antonio Gibson. Matt, you thought... Maybe that role is developing for Gibson, and maybe he can become a guy that dynasty owners can depend on here moving forward.
2: Yeah, he had nine carries again today, three three uh, receptions, so twelve total touches. You kind of want to see him get up into that fifteen to eighteen touch range, so he can be you know a, a, a reliable weekly starter. But it seems like it's coming along. It's just like Ryan said, this quarterback's holding him holding him back. And now now the the, the guy they took at the second pick, Chase Young, it looks like he's going to be missing some time. So it uh, kind of rubs salt in the wound a little bit even more. could have had a quarterback at two and and not had to deal with this Haskins situation
1: yeah it's it's kind of messy uh one last note on this game Baker Mayfield although he was unspectacular and certainly not flashy 16 for 2356 yards two touchdowns and didn't turn the football over so that was uh maybe maybe a step in the right direction for Baker in this offense Let's move on to the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings. Titans came out on top in a thriller, thirty-one to thirty. Derrick Henry, once again, the real really the story for Tennessee. Uh twenty-six carries, 119 yards and two scores, also caught two passes. I thought the the big takeaway for dynasty owners here, Ryan, was Justin Jefferson. He led the Vikings in receiving seven catches, 175 yards, and a touchdown showed off some of of that route running skill and that deep speed, that ability to get open down the field. Um, Kirk Cousins was able to get him the football a few times. Again, seven for 175 and one coming out party for Justin Jefferson.
0: Yeah, and it's great to see. We heard some some reports of uh, struggles in training camp. He failed to win the number two job for that team, despite uh, really very little competition uh, behind Adam Thielen. So it, it was good to see this game from Jefferson. If you've got him on on your roster, the bad news is you almost certainly did not have him in your lineup. I know I did not, unfortunately, uh, but it, it, it was good to see this game from him. I think this is Probably going to be a fluke as far as him leading the team. Uh, I mean, Thielen's definitely still the guy there uh, for the rest of this year, but it's it's good to see these flashes from Jefferson. It certainly is,
1: and maybe moving forward, he at least gets into the conversation of a deep flex play, one of those guys that if you're really, really desperate, maybe Justin Jefferson can can haul in a big play for you. How about on the other side of the ball, Ryan, anything you're thinking about with the
0: Titans? Uh yeah, I mean Corey Davis just just not getting it done. We've seen AJ Brown miss uh a couple games now and and Davis, I know he had the touchdown last week, but has really failed to come through uh and look like that alpha receiver we uh, we once thought he was. So, um his his numbers have been decent double digit PPR points in in both weeks without AJ Brown. Uh, I don't know that you can sell for much, but uh, if you can package him with a third rounder to get a second, I would love that. If you can get, uh, you might even have to settle for uh, a third rounder or maybe a couple of third rounders. But I, I would be taking advantage of this opportunity to sell Davis now that um, he, he's seeing a little more opportunity. We expect Brown to be back soon. And, and on the other end, if if you can buy low on on AJ Brown, if there's worries about this injury or or about his role in the offense. I would be doing that.
1: Yeah, certainly worth sending those feelers out on those two players in Tennessee. Hey guys, Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet and Monkey Knife Fight is giving you free money and free Dynasty football content with an initial deposit. Open a new account like I did a couple of weeks ago with Monkey Knife Fight and put a minimum of $10 in your account and you're not only will you receive a match of that initial deposit up to $50, you're also going to get a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. Best part? If you're already a member, like I'm sure you are if you're listening to this podcast, we're going to tack on an extra year to your DLF annual membership just for checking out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. They feature football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, and so much more. You'll find plenty of entertaining contest options even in these uncertain times. Monkey Knife Fight provides DFS games with no salary caps, so if you correctly predict the outcome, uh, you're guaranteed to win. There are no sharks, no professionals to pre- prevent you from claiming your prize. Check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience and claim your deposit match in your free DynastyLeagueFootball.com premium membership over at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. How about the Las Vegas Raiders and the New England Patriots? Guys, I think a lot of us were scratching our heads thinking maybe this Las Vegas team, after what they did on on Monday night against the Saints and then they they got handled pretty much by the Patriots New England wins 36 to 20 Cam was unspectacular but efficient 162 yards touchdown and a pick only 27 rushing yards so didn't necessarily come through for dynasty owners despite winning this game running away Sony Michelle nine carries 117 yards also caught two passes for 23 Matt is, can can dynasty owners shop Sony Michelle right now? I, I think
2: I think we got to try. I think we're probably at least the, the the people that listen to this podcast are probably too smart for the oh look Sony had a big game uh, maybe I should go buy him that kind of kind of thing like we like to try to throw out sometimes where they have a big game and it's time to go sell right. But I look back just just to, just a. To find out what he is going for in the DLF trade finder these are again these are actual trades that are happening he's going for a second round pick on s- several instances in the last week so if you can get a se- 2021 second round pick for Sony uh, before this performance maybe you can certainly get it after this performance so uh, I, I would like to get out for almost anything I could get I might even take a, you know an early, like if it looks like it's going to be an early third round pick I might even be ready to get out for that point at, at, at that price so uh, we saw Rex Burkett have a job gigantic role today and you know that's certainly not going to happen every week but it's but we just have all these players there it's it's the same same story again with the new england back sony cannot is not going to emerge as the sole bell cow back there and and no one else really is either unless maybe damien harrison comes back and and kind of takes over uh, which again seems kind of doubtful because all these backs are here but time to shop sony if you can get a second i'd take that
1: all day (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think what you said earlier ryan if you can get a couple thirds or maybe even a third let us let's do that right just, we've been uh, trying to sell them forever just pack, it's not package him with right? cory
0: davis you'll you'll get a you'll get you great go. deal <laughs> there
1: you go and then get a third then you can there get you go. your third
2: Clear up. uh give me the roster spot
0: yeah
1: Give me the roster spot. Sometimes it's worth it, for sure. Disappointing for the Patriots. Those receivers did not come through. Edelman, just two for 23. Uh, also, Nikhil Harry had opportunities, just two catches for 34 yards. Yuck. San Francisco, they were not yuck. They took care of the Giants, 36-9. to nine. Brandon Ayuk was the thing that jumped off for me, guys. He was impressive, got... Got some run in the backfield. I think he started the game with a couple of carries, ended three carries for 31 yards and a rushing touchdown. Also caught five passes, working mostly out of the slot for 70 yards. So Ayuk, uh, working his way in, They're, they're missing all these other uh, weapons, Matt. What do you think of Ayuk's prospects moving forward? It certainly seems like they're they're using him as a weapon in this offense, at least as long as these other weapons are out of the game for the 49ers.
2: Yeah, it looks like Debo's back soon, so we'll see how it breaks down at that point. But, I mean, it's just it just says how bad the Giants are. They're getting beat by all of the backup players on the Niners, right? So, uh, Ayuk. Yeah, the B team. Yeah, the B team. Like that, That's how <laughs> bad the Giants are right now. That's how, how bad I think Daniel Jones is. I'm sure that's a whole other conversation. But uh, without Nick Bosa, without Richard Sherman, still couldn't get it done there. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, though, yeah, very impressive, uh, you know, getting handoffs from the backfield, using a variety of ways. This is what we were excited about when he went, came to San Francisco, was the chance to be with a creative play caller like Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, a very similar player to Debo. So to have these, these guys that are very interchangeable allows them to, you know, use – Use either of them in any way they want on the on the on the field. Uh, hopefully Jimmy G will be back to take advantage of that. But Nick Mullins was did just fine today. Uh, and then you know the backfield you know is is, is kind of a mess. But it, again, it doesn't really matter who's back there, right? Both McKinnon and Wilson did just as well as as Mostert was doing as a starter. So uh, very impressive San Francisco team, very deep and you know one and one or, or sorry two and one, uh, but uh, definitely in the playoff hunt in the in the West. Well, all four teams from the West are going to the to the to the play right
0: Jimmy G is going to be working overtime on rehab to make sure he can get back as quickly as he can because (laughs) Nick Mullins looked better than just okay I thought he looked great Uh, they leaned on their running game as they always do that was really the takeaway for me Uh, you you guys talked about the injuries we knew uh, we knew Coleman and Mostert were out Uh, you know it's it's just next man up for for that San Francisco backfield McKinnon Jeff Wilson, Ayuk got carries. Pretty much anybody that carries the ball for the 49ers, I want in my fantasy lineup.
1: Even Kyle Yuschek? Yeah, that's good advice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe not quite that far (laughs) down the list, Matt. Uh, One quick note on Ayuk uh seems like something to put in the back of your mind remember this game for later in the season because maybe Dembo comes back maybe these other guys get involved in the offense and that puts Ayuk in the back seat once again uh there's going to be a time to make an offer on Ayuk and try to get him low because of the performance that he put out on tape on Sunday let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals guys and the Philadelphia Eagles and they how does a tie happen in the NFL it's disgusting. Bengals 23, Eagles 23, Joe Burrow looked good again, 31 for 44, 312 yards and two touchdowns, didn't throw any interceptions. And then it was Tyler Boyd, 10 for 125. After that, Higgins caught the two touchdowns. A.J. Green got shut down by Darius Slay, just five for 36. Mixon, that's a mess. He's getting hit in the backfield, it seems like, on every play uh, in on, on his biggest gain of the of the day, which I think was six yards. He broke two tackles in the backfield. It was disgusting. 17 for 49, just two catches. Ryan, what's your, what's your takeaways from this game? It's gotta be, it's gotta be Higgins, right?
0: Yeah, it was Higgins for me. uh, And, and really kind of what caught my eye before the game even started was John Ross was inactive for this game, a healthy scratch, not dealing with any injury. Uh, He had some drop issues in the first couple weeks and, and now it's T Higgins um, and, and the, the, the struggles, the slow start for AJ green has been talked about a lot, saw a ton of targets in the first couple of weeks and, and really couldn't make anything happen with that. So uh, not only do I see T Higgins passing John Ross and, and, and you know, Alden Tate, which he's already done. Uh, I think it, it won't be long before he's, he's really passing AJ green as a target on this
1: roster as well. Yeah. He looked like he was, he was really put into the position to make those touchdown grabs. Uh, they were looking for him those Those plays were made for him uh both inside the five I believe short opportunities, but Higgins took advantage, no doubt. Matt, how about these two running backs that were that are really big playmakers for these? offenses Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders. What are you thinking about with these guys?
2: I think I think we, we talked about this a lot in the offseason that Sanders was maybe the next guy to ascend to that top tier of running backs and it just seems like he's he's there. He's getting all of the all of the carries basically. He got 8 targets today. He's he's a he's a three-down back. So, if you were one of these saquon barkley owners like myself as last week you were scrambling to try to get something done uh you know sanders seems like i I actually moved barkley twice for for sanders twice last week one of them i got an extra second back on top but if that's a move you're you're you still need to make i think that's the the line we didn't really talk about uh you know too too much in depth about what you were going to do with barkley but sanders is a guy that i was able to get it done and and several other uh, uh people were in the trade finder as well so if you had barkley you're still contending he's an option and then the other question I had was what I don't even know what to do with Joe Mixon like you you drafted him in the late first or early second round and you're not getting that kind of return he's got he got the contract so you think he has a secured job right but he's not producing this O-line is still disappointing despite the first rounder Jonah Williams back uh Burrow looks 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 good you know but his offense isn't really coming together for and, and Mixon isn't really been able to show off his especially that receiving talent right so I, I don't know what do you what do you guys want to do with Mixon cuz i have i really have no idea
0: yeah
1: really nothing's changed we we touched on it just a little bit last week and you know, my takeaway is still, he started slow a year ago. He came back through. He, he was having big games in the second half in 2019. I'm hoping that happens. It's hard to move him right now. You really ha- are forced to hold him and wait for him to get that opportunity. The thing that is so frustrating as a mix and owner is how much Gio is on the field, particularly those pass catching opportunities, that, that third down roll. Gio's making these catches and if if those are going to Mixon, he's saving his day with those three or four catches each game, picking up those first downs and keep keeping the, uh, keeping the drive alive. I, I'm not sure why they're not giving those opportunities to Mixon. He should be getting those chances. It's a hold for me, Ryan.
0: I think you have to hold him. Uh, I, I saw a poll today on Twitter and, and we can take these for what they're worth, I guess, but uh, it was Joe Mixon versus James Robinson. And it was pretty close. So, uh yeah yeah, yeah i'm I'm definitely not ready to go there I, I mean mixon is a guy i was worried about in the preseason i was trying to sell this offseason actually uh and, and did in a couple spots but at this point with with the slow start and the presumed loss of of some trade value you can't dump him now he's the same as same as julio he's going to have some big games So, so no, no buy low. You're not thinking
1: buy low. You're staying away. If, if somebody's willing to sell, if I
0: can give James Robinson for him, I'll do that. But, uh, if you told me I could have him for uh, a mid first next year, that's, that's kind of top, top of my range, I would say.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of thinking if you're a true contender, it might not be a bad offer to send out and hope he turns things around and you can slide him into your flex and you'll be in real good shape if he comes around. Uh, Houston Texans, Pittsburgh Steelers. Houston probably should have won this football game, but the Steelers came out on top by a touchdown, 28-21. to 21. James Conner, once again, the bell cow, took care of business, 18 for 109. And a touchdown, also caught four passes for 40 yards. Oh, man. It's the story of these two running backs, guys. David Johnson, thirteen for twenty-three, and luckily fell into the end zone. Had that one rush, one nice rush that turned into a touchdown. And also caught two passes. I'm willing to sell either one of these guys for all different reasons, really. Uh, James Conner is what we've talked about for years with him. He just can't stay healthy. And it feels like there might be, Ryan, an opportunity to sell him high.
0: Yeah, and I would I would be taking that opportunity for sure. Um, not only the injury concerns that are always there with Conner, but uh, he's a, he's another one of these 2017 running backs that does not have – a contract beyond this year. And if he's not with the Steelers, then I value him even, uh, even less. So I don't know. You want Connor or do you want Joe Mixon? I'd take Joe. I would, I would as well pretty easily.
1: Yeah, that's the kind of offer I was I was hoping to maybe maybe make happen if I had James Conner anywhere. Another guy to be concerned about Matt is David Johnson. He's getting some work. He had 13 carries once again. They had the lead for a lot of this game, but they just couldn't get anything going on the ground against that tough Steelers front seven, and David Johnson, if you had him in your lineup, luckily again, he got that touchdown. Maybe you can capitalize on this and sell him.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, in the in the deal of Trade Finder, mul- multiple uh, uh, GMs have have sold him for a second round pick. One one was able to sell him for two second round picks. One was able to sell him for Devonte Parker in a second round pick. So these kind of deals are out there. the the, the running back, the, the, especially the the competing teams, you know, all these injuries at the top, they're looking for any production they can get at the running back position. So you might be able to flip him for a future second round pick, and that's something I would even do if I was a contender that was relying on John at this point. like There's just better options out there. I mean, David Johnson or or Mike Davis, you could have got him on the waiver, right? right? So give me Mike Davis and and a second round pick instead of David Johnson.
1: Hmm, I like that for sure as well. Hey guys, if you've been looking for a new challenge, it's time to start playing over at DynastyOwner.com. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office and it's the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries. By adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise, Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to DynastyOwner.com dlf for more information on this unique, thrilling fantasy football experience. If you're looking for a new challenge, Dynasty Owner gives you just that. They favor skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within a salary cap. It... it It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Again, go to DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Validate your fantasy football skills. That's DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Start your Dynasty today. Also today, guys, the Carolina Panthers just barely got by... The Los Angeles chargers 21 to 16 Keenan Allen was old school Keenan Allen 13 catches 136 yards and a touchdown nearly caught another one at the end of that game to put the chargers on top that would have been really good for dynasty owners but let's talk about a couple of running backs that made an impact on Sunday. First, Ryan, Mike Davis, although he wasn't all that efficient on the ground, just 13 for 46, caught eight pass. What? Eight passes for Mike Davis when Christian McCaffrey can't get four looks a game? That That's crazy. Eight catches for 45 yards and that receiving touchdown for Davis. He's looking like a waiver wire gem.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He, he actually caught, uh, I believe he caught eight passes last week as well um, on eight targets. So, uh, that's that's going to be his role going forward. And, and we'll see how how much time Christian McCaffrey misses. Uh, but I mean, it, it feels crazy to say Mike Davis might just be that weekly starter uh, just based on the past volume and, and the, the fact that uh, this team is going to be trailing in the majority of their games.
1: Yeah, we're probably just riding it out until McCaffrey gets back. Just slide him into your lineup every single week and and hopefully he gets those looks in the passing game because if he does, he will be great for us as fantasy managers. Another guy that is great for fantasy managers and probably a guy that we all expected to be pretty good, that's Austin Eckler, Matt. Uh, since Herbert took over, over, he's been a different running back. Eckler, twelve carries, fifty-nine yards, had a rushing touchdown. Also caught eleven passes for eighty-four yards. It was all Eckler. He looked real good, Matt.
2: Yeah, this is the Eckler that we hope when we you know vaulted him up into the into the early rounds of, of startup drafts this offseason. We wanted this receiving profile, and we were we were all afraid, I think, after week one. And uh, you know, all due respect to Terod and his situation, uh, very difficult situation. But uh, we don't want him back for fantasy purposes. We want more Justin Herbert. Good for everybody. Great for Eckler. Great for Keenan Allen. He's back to thirteen for one thirty six and a touchdown. Uh, back to his old self as well. So uh, you know they didn't. Uh, get the win today which was is, is very disappointing considering the team that they played in the Panthers today uh, but uh, it's good for us for fantasy keep Herbert in there
1: yeah something that wasn't all that good for us as fantasy managers was the Kyler Murray three interception game the Cardinals fell to the Lions 26 to 23 Kyler had a, a few bad throws and and maybe should have thrown a fourth interception probably should have actually uh, DeAndre Hopkins was doing his nuke-like things 10 catches 137 yards Kenny Galladay nice showcase in his first game six catches for 57 and that touchdown but it was Andy Isabella Matt that that caught the eye of a lot of dynasty managers he was pretty good four catches 47 yards and found pay twice yeah,
2: back from the dead with with Christian Kirk missing a, a game with a groin injury, and you know I'm not saying that he's lost his job or anything, but it's nice to see Isabella producing after he was drafted last year. He kind of has risen to the top of that that group of receivers that they at that Arizona invested in uh, last season. Obviously, still a backseat to uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but very encouraging. You know, it breathes a sign of life into Andy Bill and Andy Isabella, and we're you know not probably not starting him next week, but. Uh, if if Christian Kirk continues to miss time, maybe he's a he's a bye week option because we got those coming up.
1: Yeah, Isabella was one of those guys coming out in the NFL draft with all the speed and had the was that deep threat has really good hands. So he he profiles as a really good player and kind of got buried when Hopkins showed up there in Arizona. A lot of us dynasty managers kind of forgot about Isabella and his upside, but he showed why so many of us were picking him in the second round in twenty nineteen rookie drafts. He did that on Sunday. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Denver Broncos. This was a runaway for the Bucks. They win 28 to 10. Tampa. Uh, Tom Brady threw three touchdowns in the game and they all went to guys that we care about two to Mike Evans both one yarders his only two catches of the game and then the other one to Chris Godwin who came back uh, and and played pretty well in his first game back since the concussion but it's the rest of that backfield in Tampa Bay that we want to talk about Ryan that that backfield it's murky waters we're not sure what to expect and who to expect what from each week.
0: Yeah, after last week, it looked like uh, Leonard Fournette had had taken over that backfield, and and it was going to be his job uh, moving forward. And and maybe this is just a case of a uh, kind of an easy win for the Buccaneers, and and they give Jones a little more work. But but Ronald Jones uh, almost doubles up Fournette in carries, uh, and carries, uh, and easily leads the team in in rushing yards. Also uh, did more as a receiver than than Fournette. So. It's probably going to be a messy situation, really, for the rest of the year. I, I would still prefer Fournette, but this is uh, this is kind of a ding after last week's performance.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering what dynasty owners can do with this, Ryan. Is there is there really any actionable moves to be made? Is there somebody to try to sell? Is there somebody to try to buy? Or are we just holding on for dear life and hope we get lucky when we have to slide one of these guys into our lineups?
0: I think it just comes down to... to how really how you felt before this game, because uh, like I said, it, I, I'm, I'm mostly chalking it up to a blowout win for, for the Buccaneers and, and not taking away or not making too many assumptions. Uh, so if you can use this as a, as a buy low window for Fournette, we, we know we've had plenty of those over the past few months. Then he's still the one I prefer. I don't, I don't think it's a, a sell high window for, for Rojo. He didn't do that much, but um, showed a little sign of life here
1: yeah, uh last note about this game. I said Godwin had that had a pretty strong game five catches sixty four yards in that touchdown. He did leave early with a hamstring though and didn't return so hopefully that's that's not a big deal hopefully he's able to get back on the field next week for all of us Godwin owners matt there was uh there was a wide receiver on the other side of the football that maybe you wanted to talk about in this game.
2: It was it was nice to see Hamler out there. Only five targets today, but caught three of them for 30 yards, and that's maybe all you can ask for with this quarterback play that they're getting right. Uh, so uh, with with Sutton out, it seems like he's going to be that second receiver for them. Uh, no one really else to speak of, I guess. You could talk about uh, Tim Patrick is back, but yeah, I think I, I think we both think Dan, especially you, probably think that Hamler uh, is going to emerge from from or separate himself from from uh, Tim Patrick in this offense.
1: Yeah, he really should. He's that deep threat, another one of them guys, small but but a burner, can really get deep. Showed it a lot at Penn State and then drafted in the second round. Has that draft pedigree. Uh, if he gets the quarterback that can deliver the football down the field, Hamler could be a player down the down the line. It's nice that he'll get to showcase his skill set as a rookie this year and it looks like he'll get on the field quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I just think it's I think it's Noah Fant who really is going to be the number 1 target and really the the top beneficiary of, uh, of the Sutton injury. I mean, he only has a year on, on Judy and Hamler, but, uh, we just have to hope as crazy as it sounds, we have to hope Drew Locke comes back soon because now it's, uh, it's Driscoll or it's Bortles or it's, um, who, who was it guys? I, who, who was the Mark? <laughs> R- Brett, Brett Rippon. Wow. <laughs> Wow, Brett. Listen, Ripon. he's got
2: the bloodline. He's got the bloodline, okay?
0: Well, he's got that. that, that for him. That's all he has. Uh, <laughs> 8
2: for 9. 8 for 9. He, he was better than Driscoll. Yep. I mean, <laughs> the one the one the one that he one completion was an interception, but you know,
0: he completed all passes.
1: <laughs> all right, guys, the last game we need to talk about today is the Seahawks and the Cowboys in a thriller. The Seahawks Handed the Cowboys another loss, thirty-eight to thirty-one. It was there were a lot of touchdowns in this one. Dynasty owners everywhere scored a lot of points. Russell Wilson threw five touchdowns. Dak threw three touchdowns. Zeke added another one on the ground. And uh, if you had a guy in this game, he probably scored a lot of points. The, I guess the bummer out of the game, Ryan, is probably the Chris Carson injury. It happened late. He got kind of rolled up and held on to. It was an ugly play. We don't have any information. In fact, that game just ended right before this recording. So we don't, we don't have all that much information on Chris Carson, but it did not look good.
0: No, it didn't at all. Um, we have to assume at this point that Carson will miss some time um next next up for Seattle would most likely be Carlos Hyde uh, as far as uh, next guy in line for snaps, Rashad Penny's not ready yet from uh, from his injury. so it, it's probably Hyde, but honestly the the way the way uh, this offense has been going, I'm not sure I would really try too hard to to even grab Carlos Hyde if he's on waivers. Uh, I mean, it's just been all about, Russell Wilson in this passing game, which we've we've wanted for so long, Uh, Wilson and Metcalf and Lockett, just plug them in every week. No brainer starts. We can say the same thing about uh, really all the key members of the Dallas Cowboys. Both of those teams, defenses are struggling uh, and their offenses are are lighting it up. So that that's really my takeaway is start all of these guys every single week.
1: Yeah, it it really is. You know, one thing with that uh, Dallas receiving core, Michael Gallup, six for 138 in the touchdown, Cooper, nine for 86, uh, CeeDee Lamb, five for 65, and then Cedric Wilson, four for 104 and two scores, Ryan. Are we, should we be putting in waiver claims and potentially putting him on rosters?
0: maybe, (laughs) maybe I, uh, I think so. Right. Yeah. The, the, the early he had the 40 yarder in the first half and you just kind of brush that off as, as a, a a depth guy making a play, but then Dak kept going to him. Um, So this, I really do think this is what this offense is going to be basically every week, just lighting up the scoreboard and and he's going to be the the fourth or, or maybe even the fifth option. But I think, again, it's the theme that we talk about so much. This is an offense you want a piece of. And even if it's a small piece like Cedric Wilson, then he's probably worthy of a roster spot.
1: Matt, how about you? Any takeaways from the Seahawks and the Cowboys?
2: Uh, Yeah, on the Seahawks side, just like you guys said, I mean, this is what we wanted and as bad as we feel for the Chris Carson injury uh, for Carson in particular, like this is good for what we want for fantasy. So that's exciting to see on the Cowboys side. uh, You know, we talked in the in the offseason, especially the last couple of shows before the season started about Tony Pollard and him maybe getting some increased usage. That is not happening. Elliot is the guy both in the, the, the running game, of course, and in the receiving game out of the backfield so far. Pollard today, no, no carries and just just one catch for negative five yards on one target and also a really bad uh, kickoff return. So uh, we haven't seen that come to fruition yet. Hopefully uh, we do in the future for people that own Tony Pollard.
1: No doubt uh, guys. We, we kind of breezed past the New York jets and the Indianapolis Colts, the Colts hammered the jets 36 to seven. There wasn't a lot to take away from that one. Jonathan Taylor, 13 carries 59 yards. And luckily, uh, scored that touchdown, only one catch for the rookie tailback for the Colts. Uh, anything to add, fellas, coming away from week three, like we said in the opening, about a quarter of the way through the season. Any advice for Dynasty owners out there, Ryan?
0: Just always, always stay active. I think this is, uh, this is about the point in the early part of the season where we can start really noticing some trends and, and making some assumptions based on what we've seen so far, and, and kind of playing out the, how the rest of the season might go. Uh, you know, at, at this point, if you're 0 and 3, it's probably time to start looking to sell. And, and if you're 3 and 0, you can be on the other end of that. Yeah, I would
2: say 0 and 3, maybe not quite yet, give up. But if you end up 0 and 4, probably is definitely time time to look the other direction. But everybody else right now, if you're even if you're 1 and 2, you're you're still alive.
1: So keep uh, keep keep up the hope, keep up the fight. And, and no matter what record you have, keep putting in a lineup every single week. Keep trying Absolutely. to make that team better. Mm-hmm. The best thing about Dynasty is that you, can, you always have something to play for, whether it be a championship this year or a title run next year. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again in week four.